What's up, everybody? How's it going, people? You are listening to Witty Banter, the internet's number one banter podcast. <laughs> Only for the wittiest. Only for the wittiest. I'm your host, Chase Williams, and to my left is the righteous wonder kid, Hunter Dorsett. <laughs> How's it going? We are here. It is April 4th. It's a Friday, hanging around about 4 o'clock right now. Beautiful day out. We ain't got no jobs. We ain't got shit to we do. We ain't got shit to do. We really don't have jobs. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, thank gosh. Yeah. I'm poor. <laughs> so we, uh, we've we had quite an interesting week, been pretty busy, and because of that, we pretty much did not prepare at all for this episode. Yeah, we're just going to wing it, I think, This is right? an I mean, off-the-rails, just no-holds-barred. We really wanted to do a podcast, but we were like, well, we're just not going to have any of the structure or support <laughs> yep. that goes with most of our podcasts. I don't know. It'll be like a throwback to how our old podcast Yeah, were. we still have some things lined up, but it'll just be very off-cuff. Exactly. Okay, um... So if the first time you've ever been listening to the show, you're a brand new listener, welcome. Thank you for listening. You're a baller, Every by the way. week, Witty Banter reviews a beer. Okay. Yes, we do. Oh, we, do we do that? We do. We, oh, we drink the that's beer. That's really interesting that I we like do that. I like that, you know? <laughs> It'll be really cool if I could drink the beer along while you're drinking. Oh, guess what? We you know do what? that, too. Oh, my God. We do do that. So we? we'll go ahead and tell you then. Next week... We are going to have Samuel Adams, what was it called? New Age? New New World, I think. Is New what it was World. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, it sounded really good. So we were excited about it next time. We'll get more information on it whenever we're mm-hmm. reviewing it. But yeah, let's go ahead and start with the real show's beer. We're having Brooklyn Brewery's local number one today. Yes. Okay. We, we got a bomber of it. Uh, we're excited because I know Chase had a uh, local two, right? So, yeah, I had like a sip of the local two, and just from the one like smidgen I had, I was like, yeah, I would go ahead and buy a case of those because that was yeah. like the greatest thing ever. So I figured I knew that I already liked local two, and I wanted to review a beer that I hadn't had before. So what better than just to subtract one and go with the local number one? We, this is our second uh, Brooklyn brewery to – We had the Oktoberfest. Uh, did we? Is yeah. that the one we had? We had oh, I Brooklyn. thought we just had like the normal lager or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is our second Brooklyn brewery uh, beer to review. I already poured mine up, and uh, it's very filtered. It's um, golden as hell. I, I poured it up on the side, and I still got a pretty big head. Like, the head's not real thick. It's like... There's a lot of carbonation. Like sparse. There's like, a lot of carbonation. You see what there. I mean? Like, the bubbles are almost like... It seems like they're separated from each other. It's not like thick, dense head. Mm-hmm. It's just heavily carbonated. Look, you can hear it fizzing. It's it's like a very light... It's like not even golden. It's it's almost like a light beer. It's, it's like a look. yellow gold. Yeah. Um, but It's like Olympic medal gold. You just get that. You just <laughs> dive your nose right into it. Got a little right bit in it. my mustache. <laughs> Mustachio. <laughs> that head, man. It's all about it. So how's it smell? I haven't even gotten to. I'm still pouring mine up in this gorgeous new stuff. It's almost like not really giving off huge aroma, in my opinion. It's kind of like I think I'm gonna have to taste it in order to really get a. Dude, I don't know what the hell happened. I got like nine inches of head over here. That's what I said, dude. I, I really worked on my pour, and I got a lot of. Yeah, I tried hard over here. You know? <laughs> Gave it my all. I got this massive new beer stein. It's like glass and holds 15 gallons. Yeah, where'd you get that? Why don't you tell them where you got it at? I got it at this, uh, so, and was it, Fredericksburg, which is out in 
what kind of like the middle of Texas, a little wet, like about an hour and a half west of Austin. Really, it's west. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. and uh, it's basically like a German city because it's got like a heavily German population from whenever like back in the olden days and everybody was migrating to Texas. All the Germans <laughs> settled down in Fredericksburg. Yeah, and like every store shop has like it, it's all it's like a ton of German names and German stuff everywhere. And they have a store that imports German steins, and it's where my dad got me, like, the stein that I have that's super dope. And I was in there picking up one um, the other day, and I just got, like, for 15 bucks, dude, you can get this massive glass, like, holds, what, like, a beer and three yeah. beers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it's jealous sick, dude. of that mug. I have mugs of my own. but $15, that man. Nice. It was yeah. just steel. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so enough babbling about glasses. Enough banter. Yeah, um, <laughs> we need to taste this beer. Did you taste it yet? I tasted it. I'm going to give it a quick rundown from the bottle as far as what they describe themselves as. Uh, they say they forged barley malt and hops from Germany, uh, raw sugar from Mauritius, and yeast from Belgium. So they have like a golden color, dynamic complex of flavors, Brooklyn fortitude, and a dusting of yeast. Is what it says you on the really bottle. S- you can smell the yeast. Yeah, that's I the yeast that comes gonna, through first. I think that was what I was going to say. I did try it. Have you uh-huh. tried it? Yeah, I just, I just uh, did. It's, it seems. It, I think I was right when I said it seems like a very light beer. Like it yep. doesn't. It does is is not highly alcoholic. Even though it's nine point four percent. Are you serious? Yeah. This is nine point four. Doesn't taste like it at all. Oh, I was. It's nine percent alcohol by volume. It's not nine point four. Dude, still nine's getting up yeah, there. That's, yeah, that's definitely a higher end of range of what we try. This but. is actually like I'm sitting here trying to sniff it and smell it. Keep going with yours, but like it seems pretty damn complex, man. Really? Yeah. I'm, See, like, cause uh, I mean, anyone that listens to this show knows that I'm worthless when it comes to aromatics. But dude, that's bullcrap. You just don't know I, what you're smelling. I I honestly can't resolve smells. <laughs> Unless it's like popcorn <laughs> so, or, or pickles. If someone like <laughs> popcorn and pickles, that's Oh, it. I can smell the shit out of those. Okay. It's got to be like nice and high sodium. So you're telling me like, like when Max rips his bombs of farts <laughs> in the car that you're farts. immune? <laughs> salty farts. Those seaweed farts. Those just... Oh my god. <laughs> Max is not going to be happy that we're going it's like on cured, about his farts. <laughs> it's like, you know, like you... you Nice prosciuttos, they cure them for like a right. year or so. It's like yeah. he cures his farts in his bunghole and like releases them to the public. It's disgusting. That's pretty gross. Okay. Um, so go ahead and give us your synopsis on your first taste. The way that I, when I tasted it, I got like, I can taste the alcohol sweetness, but it's not like you don't taste it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so alcoholic. Like you get the sweetness it from is sweet. the high alcoholic content. Yeah. Uh, I think it has a really short flavor profile. I don't think that it lasts like very it clean stick on finish. Your, yeah, it doesn't stick on your tongue. Um, I think it's very drinkable. I don't think that I think it's a lot more drinkable than I was expecting it to be, considering the the nine percent alcohol by volume. Um, a little, it's a little lighter than I thought it might be. Uh, but I don't think that that's to its detriment. Right. Okay. So. For me, the the aroma that I get right off the bat is like a yeasty. I don't want to say wheat, but like it's like this close. Give to me a it. description of like what you mean when you say yeasty. Yeasty almost smells like bread. Okay. Like a bready. See, like how is that different from when you say something smells like grainy or or weedy? You know what I mean? Like. Well, like grain. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm getting sort of like a wheat thing here, which I think might be the barley malt in there. Uh, yeah, I think barley, I would guess, oh fuck, I don't know, I'm talking my ass here, but <laughs> maybe barley malt is like, because this is a really light beer, so barley malt is probably a very light grain, because it's obviously the basis if it's a malted beer. Um, 
but yeah, the the grains or what was what, what was your question? My question was when you say yeasty, what are you really getting at when you say that? Yeah, just like a bread, okay. kind of like real, because like. If you ever smell yeast or been in a fucking bakery, it's just going to smell like that. Which, yeah, you have. So, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing that. so yeah, like you said, the sweet, it is sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, we got to be a little bit careful because hopefully as it warms up, it doesn't get overly sweet because yeah. it's it's definitely a prevalent right. flavor like, right now. Like when, the, when it warms up, the alcoholic body takes over and it becomes overly sweet. Yeah, yeah we're so, hoping that doesn't. So to me, it almost has like a uh, – almost – like an orange or a lemon and yeast. So you're getting citrus like tonation. Little, yeah. So more citrus off of it, but more so in the smell and in the taste. I'm getting, um, it's got that sweetness to it. And actually, you know what? The orange is really coming through. Really. But I th- as far as taste for me, I think the best part about it though is how clean it finishes. Mm-hmm. How it's not heavy to drink. It doesn't like coat your tongue. Right. And. We're going to have to see, like, if how we feel at the end of this, because if we end up getting, like, feeling a lot of the alcoholic effects and it doesn't taste like a high alcohol beer. That's like an A in my mind. Yeah, and it's not heavy at all. And I think that's what I was going to say, too, is, like, going into it knowing that it's 9% alcohol and then tasting it and being like, this doesn't seem like a harsh beer at all, like, really gives it a lot of – This is very citrusy. in my book. It's almost like a – like. Not orange is the flavor, but the way an orange, um, like, peel would smell is right. how this kind of tastes. Just the, their aromatics. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so, cool, man. I'm ex- they didn't really mention any citrus or, or orange. Yeah, which is why it, I hope is, I'm not reaching and yeah. just, like, saying that. But I, I think that it's – it's if that's what you get, that's what you get. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, cool. I'm, we're, we'll we're, we're excited about it right now. We're going to – we're uh, – I think we can give a little bit more insight as it opens up a little bit. Right. What was the beer that we drank last week? Last week we tried Timber Ale. Okay. I yeah. think with our reviews also – You gave it a seven. We should start also trying to keep in mind like, like – Kind not of like the, a scale? Not or? that we should like change our numbers, but also maybe we can be like, this would be a great beer to drink if you're doing this. Yeah. You know, like if you're outside or whatever. Right. This, you know. Like, okay, well, if you want to give me a uh, – if I want, if you want me to give you a scenario where I feel like it would be a good place to drink this beer that we're drinking right now. The local one. Yeah. I feel like if you were on a picnic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like on a day like today, perfect day. Yeah. And then you're like having a conversation with someone cool. I, I completely this agree. Beer. This yeah. is like you just rode up to your bike to a bar to grab a beer, and like you don't want to get weighed down. It's light enough to where like you can kind of like take a sip of it, and then like halfway through the sip, continue going on with your conversation. And it doesn't like stick around, but it's also <laughs> like after that conversation, you're gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. So and you're also gonna be like, "Damn, that's a good beer." Yeah, ballin'. Okay. Uh, as far as our news segment goes today, we're just going to kind of bring up some stuff that we've heard about over the week, and it's not going to be too too much detail, but we're just going to have a little conversation about it. But um, Right. So, yeah, this is Witty Banter. All right. So <laughs> do you have anything that you want to bring to the table first? Um, I can bring like a little small thing right. that, I, that I read about this morning. What did you, uh, uh, you read? Apparently FX, uh, or I guess it's FXX now. It's what? Like, it's like FX, I think, changed to FXX. When did that happen? Uh, fairly recently, I think. But That's stupid. They, uh, they signed on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia oh, for another two, more two seasons, seasons, right? Yeah. Dude, how many have they done now? I think that they're like past seven, at least. Wow, that's like... like, I, like I think they're like pretty... They've made it as like a well-established show. Sitcom, man. yeah. Like, it's awesome. Holy crap. But yeah, it's freaking... Hilarious. Honestly, one of my favorite shows on TV. And... I'm pretty sure the guy who plays Dennis is the one that writes them all. I think Dennis and Mac write them all. They're right, okay. And Charlie. I yeah, think they're all, like, all three. Yeah, I, I think I've seen something about it. Like, they all three kind of, like, contribute. Dude, it's wild how far 
Dayman has reached. Like, <laughs> like, did you see that Japanese in video? Japanese schools. <laughs> Little kids. And one like... of and one of and the guy uh, who plays Dennis was doing an AMA on Reddit, and someone yeah. was like posted that video. He's like, "What do you think about this?" And his comment was, "Yeah, we're global, bitch. Get over it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. That's fucking dope. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they're all <laughs> little kids. <laughs> Fight Robin. It's awesome. Um, so yeah, last podcast we talked about a lot of restructuring going on with both um, Sony PlayStation America and uh, the Xbox division. Mm-hmm. And that guy Mark Witten stepped down as the Xbox pro- chief product whatever guy. And we are sort of speculating on who would take his place. And they've appointed their guy into witty banter's scoreboard tally. Mm. We guessed right, baby. Boom. The um and now here I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh what? my god. Is it Elop? No, it's not Steven Elop. It's um holy shit, how am I forgetting this? Anyway, it was the guy who was formerly the the game like he was the head of the games department for Microsoft, so he's now Oversees he doesn't oversee the the division he oversees all of the software side oh, okay. of Xbox so he doesn't really deal with um with the console itself mm-hmm. like the hardware and what was just really cool about this is first of all this guy's job for the past like however many years he's worked for the company is reaching out to first party developers and third party developers to get games onto the console mm-hmm. um and so when the response across the internet, this is so rare, especially with Microsoft, who just, like, everyone seems to hate right now. Yeah. Even developers who hadn't even worked with Microsoft on Twitter were like, hell yeah, this guy got appointed, that's awesome. Really? Like, Give him some credibility? Is, yeah, like, this is going to be good for Microsoft. Okay. And um, he even did um, some interviews, and he basically said, like, Microsoft knew what they were going to get when they chose me, and mm-hmm. that I am a very game-oriented person. Um, I'm going to be focusing my, all my attention for the new for like Xbox's direction at this point forward of getting, making Xbox as easy as possible to develop for and getting developers onto our, onto our platform, mm-hmm. um, undoing like a lot of in, – in some of the contracts, like I know for one, if a game is going to come out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One – they either have to co- come out simultaneously at the same time, yeah. or the same game can't come out on, at all. Hmm. So basically, if like one game came out for PlayStation, yeah. if they want to put that game on Xbox One, it's got to be like the director's cut with one additional level or something. Oh, it has to be like a, a different version yeah. of it. There's like of. a lot of um, red tape that Xbox put up that's just like really caused a lot of well, that's annoying rumblings, and so. And it's really obvious, too, mm-hmm. that PlayStation 4 is easy to develop for because it's just like game announcement after game. Every day, it's like, this badass new indie game is coming to PlayStation 4 and Vita. Yeah. Every day, it's like yeah. that. And none of that is for Xbox. Do you think that that was a lot beforehand, before they even did their release, as far as like almost like recruiting for their console? Or do you think that it's like... I mean, yeah. Just the console itself is easier designed for? It's so both, because I know when uh, PlayStation was developing their console... They were going to all the different developers, and they're saying, like, if if you were to make a console, what would you do to make it as easy as possible? Right. Right? Oh, I just remembered his name. His name is Phil Spencer. Okay, cool. And I also was a little confused. So there's a guy – the dude – a dude stepped down from Microsoft back in September, and he left – I forgot his name. He was, like, the head of – he was where Phil Spencer is now, and he left for Zanga, Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the guy who used to be in charge is basically 
takes the brunt of the responsibility as far as the mixed messaging goes with how the like he is a lot really responsible for how awful the launch was of the the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And I remember even before they had done the policy reversal, they were like, uh, "What if I don't want a games machine that?" doesn't that has to stay online he's like we have one of those it's called the xbox 360 and it's like are you serious dude like you're gonna say that yeah, you're gonna dude. tell people not buy your console yeah. like you're an idiot yeah you're an idiot so he's gone now you got phil spencer stepping up to the plate and he made, and he also like another quote was like we're in this to win you know and he he just seems that he's very focused so it sounds like microsoft's starting to give uh the xbox division a little bit more attention yeah it's exciting dude because mm-hmm. like and we may not see the repercussions of these new appointees for like two and a half more years because he very well might not be he, he's probably going out to these developers right now so they can start making games right now which means they're not going to come out for years but that just means in like two years we might have like a slew of all like these different Microsoft titles, stuff. and considering these consoles are like ten-year consoles, which, by yeah. the way, how freaky is that? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, think about it. the 360 came out when we were in eighth grade. That is pretty wild. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. So we have these things have a huge lifespan. They just now got started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just really awesome to see Microsoft finally like gain a foot in the right direction. Do you feel like the uh, the newfound efforts that Microsoft has found themselves, um, you know, implementing? Do you think that this is more of a reaction to their market share against PlayStation 4? Or do you think that it's more so like a positive, like, we just kind of want to get new blood in and, like, try, like mix it up? Well, I think the people who left um, left on their own accord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Witten had been there for, like, ever. And mm-hmm. I honestly think he was just like, you know what? I want to do something else. Right. And then – but as far as picking Phil Spencer – I think that's definitely a reaction. That being said, like both consoles are selling, like I've had the highest launches in like all of console history. Yeah, both, I actually have heard s- very solid reportings from Microsoft. Yeah, both consoles are doing launch. amazing. Granted, yeah. PlayStation <clears throat> Four is doing that much better. Right. But r- it's just right now what you have is like this quote unquote media box that honestly doesn't run all that well. Right. And you really do are feeling the lack of games because, like I said, it's just like announcement after announcement for PlayStation 4. And, like, it's not just, like, random games. I'll see screenshots for these and because of these indie developers who are making these really cool, unique games. And I'm just like, dude, what the hell is that? That looks awesome. Just right. from a picture, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And Microsoft used to kind of have that when they had Summer of Arcade where you had games like Limbo, Braid would come out, Bastion, all these really – unique stunning titles that are just kind of like gone now right and basically the way that the gaming landscape has changed in the past few years is that mid-tier developer kind of doesn't exist anymore you've got like indie games where it's like small budget small team games for like ten dollars and then you have these massive triple a titles that are huge budget games like call of duty that are like made to sell there's no middle class Mm -hmm. that (laughs) that middle class used to be sort of like your licensed games like spider-man games and all that and like those developers who used to make those, you can't make money off of those. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's cool to watch how, it's cool to see that PlayStation's already embraced that. And it's great to see that Microsoft realizes how much it's working for them and sort of getting on board with that too. Yeah. And Phil Spencer also said that virtual reality is not a fad. 
he doesn't think it's wow. something that's just coming through so and going away. So you think that they're going to start putting in some investment that way? Well, apparently they've already had like two years of research and development on like VR headsets. They just haven't gotten anything out to where they like want to announce anything. They've messed around with it. Right. But it's also cool to see him just acknowledge the trends. Go in ahead gaming. and come out in the open yeah. and say his opinion. And that's the other thing is this dude, as far as PR goes, I mean, in the last week or so, sure, a lot of the rhetoric he's put out is a little bit of just like, hey, now that – now I'm here, it's games time, because we know that's what the thing needs. But mm -hmm. it's easy to believe, because his whole career, he has been a straight answerer. Obama, like, yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great or great Democrat. He's going to do great things. But he's always just answered real uh, candidly and been an honest, up straight guy. So it's just exciting to see like what's going to happen. Well, cool. Um, last little news thing that I can throw out is The Incredibles 2 got announced. Really? Yeah, they're going to do a new That's Incredibles awesome. movie. I really like the first Incredibles. Yeah, Incredibles is great. Really good. They're Are also... they going to be like older or is it just going to be the same family? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know what the story is going to be. Yeah. It just got announced. It's not even in production. You know what also got announced from them, though? Cars 3. Doesn't that piss you yes, off? Yes, it really pisses That's me infuriating. off. Of all Of all movies that they could have done a sequel of, they haven't done Finding that Nemo. That was like... They've done fucking They're doing Cars a Finding 3. Nemo. Though. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it's called Finding Dory. Dory? Uh-huh. Hell yeah. It's going to be great, dude. Yeah. But no... That's, that's going to suck, though, because Dory was like one of the funniest characters, so if she's lost, then... Maybe, yeah, that's true. You know what She'll I mean? be in there a lot. A little bit. Right? <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, man. She's, she's hilarious. She's hot stuff. She's really funny. But yeah, Cars was like a noticeable moment where Pixar started making not, not awesome as movies. Good movies. Yeah. That and, was like the and, first where they didn't reach the bench. And what really movies. sucks is everyone knows the only reason they keep making them is because how much money it makes yeah. them. Because it's just nothing but like toys. Like, dude, that's what kills me. It's like little right. kids go bonkers yeah. for cars. And I'm like, guys. You don't know what it's it was. Not it, uh, it's really not that great. <laughs> Here, I, we're like at the store. Some kid's got it in his hand. I like bend down like, you have shit taste in movies, kid. Go he has, pick like, up ice Toy cream Story. Cone and a toy's car. You just like knock out his ice cream cone. <laughs> you will never forget this. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a lying 50-year-old man. I did not say fucking. <laughs> he deserves to have ice cream in his face. All right, dude. You got anything else you want to bring to the table? Um, only other thing that's even really on my mind or on my radar at this point is that Game of Thrones is coming out this Sunday. This Sunday. Two days from now, I'm going to be watching the next apparent, like, big shocker thing that you know oh, is in store know after coming, the dude. Red Wedding. I actually almost want to watch it with you, man. Please do. I mean, come on. Fun. You can give me the lowdown on things that are different and things that are the same. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fun to have people that view and that like actually know the story for real, and they can kind of tell you. Do like, you got other people that you know who have also read them? Yeah, uh, Ryan Gentry is one of my one of my fraternity brothers, and he's read through all all of the books probably like at least four times through. Oh so, my god! So we dude. would like whenever we first started watching the series, <clears throat> he would stop it every like four or five minutes when like a scene would happen, and would, clearly everybody was like, "What is this?" Like I have no idea who any of these characters are or anything. Yeah. So he would just like stop it and explain it to us and kind of get us like in the mindset of those people. Hell yeah! Yeah, really. Four helped. times. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm I'm getting through my second one right now. Yeah. dude. <laughs> a... I'm still trying to get through the first book. <laughs> you can do it, dude. It's great. The payoff's amazing. Well, I'm excited, but it'll just take a while. It will. So that's that was the cool. only real things on my radar. Uh, I didn't didn't do a whole lot of research for news otherwise. Okay, well then let's move on to the next planned segment. Segment number two, we're going to do what? Musical Mastery? We could do Musical Mastery. Master! Master! Musical Mastery! All right, so Hunter and I last night went to uh, – why don't you go and tell him? 
Introduce us. Last night, uh, well, for about a week, Chase had been hounding me about going to a white denim concert. I'm, which fucking, I'm relentless, yeah. dude. Uh, well, I and, want you to and, go. You're gonna <laughs> hey, and, dude, you, uh, you get that ticket yet, bro? <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> you, you are you are uh, persistent. Yes. Uh, but it was over at Stubbs on uh, Red or Red River and Eighth Street. Um, so we went and we got to see white denim. We saw. Like, they were opened, like, whenever everybody walked into the venue, there was a string band playing, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. It was yeah. nice. That was, like, a nice little opener. It was, like, a polka. The next kinda... band that came after, I didn't even really grab their name. I didn't really need to because they were not that good. They were very slow. I like, could have probably gone of... up there with a kazoo and been more entertaining. <laughs> Seriously. More entertaining, at least. Yeah. I mean, because you know, they the were very worst, slow. Dude, the worst part about that band was while they're sound checking. This chick comes up with a bassoon. Yeah, a large bassoon. This thing is bigger than she is, <laughs> and she's sound checking it. And we're like, "Dude, is there a fucking bassoon player in this band? Uh-huh. Let's go!" Yeah, we were stoked. Right? She comes out for like one song, and plays like nine <laughs> notes, and leaves. <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <laughs> How bad would it stink to go on tour as, like, the person that played half of one song? But, like, how did that even come about? They're like, yeah, you're, you seem really good at bassoon. You want to you wanna do a measure in our song? I love I love how you uh, bend those notes. Yeah, dude, it was so stupid. I agree. But then, yeah, we went to uh, – we eventually got to the point where White Denim came on at about 9 o'clock. Uh, Who's White Denim for those who don't know? White denim. Why don't you tell them? You know more, way more than I do. I haven't even well, listened to their albums. Well, I only I started listening to them like probably two and a half years ago, and they have four albums. But what, from what I understand, what I think I've been told was they got a new guitarist, guy by the name of Austin Jenkins, who we actually got to meet. Yeah. At the before the concert, we got a picture. He looks like a stuff. cowboy. It's awesome. He's dope. And once he joined, he really changed the direction of the band. And the best way I can describe them is like if you kind of took, they're progressive as shit. They're they're very jazzy. They have a lot of jazz influence. I, I saw some jazz chords. Um, and if it's like you took the Almond Brothers, mixed with like some psychedelicness, honestly, and country, and yeah, a lot of bluegrass in there. Yeah. And um, just the singer's got like a really interesting. It makes you feel like you're at like a farmhouse listening to this. I don't know. It's it's good. I like it a lot. If any if anybody's ever heard of Psycho Billy Freakout, I feel like that guy, the singer in that song. Has like the exact same uh, vocal effect on his voice that cool. is in like almost every song for White Denim, in my opinion. Like you it's think almost so? like a little bit of like a, it's like a reverb and it's like a little bit like higher on the uh, on the waves that are getting let off. So it's like, mm-hmm. ah, and it kind of like echoes and reverberates. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, they're touring for their latest album, and I got to see them back in November, and they like blew my socks off, and that's honestly. What really made me a, as big of a fan as I am now, so I had to come see him again at Stubbs. So, I mean, how do you want to tackle this? We're going to review the show. We're going to put a number at the end of it. But um, should we like take in consideration like the venue and? Uh, I think we should give it to the band. Uh, I don't think the venue is the, on that. Okay, great. Venue, I think though. the venue was fine. You know, uh-huh. like we had enough room to to chill and drink, and yeah. you know, it was good. But uh, as far as the show goes, um, it was very high paced. Yep. I feel like like there was no song. There was like very few songs where you found yourself lulling. The uh, tempo was very fast, mm-hmm. and like even just the songs they were playing, they'd play at like twice the speed. Right, and sometimes like you could hear them speeding the song up. Yeah, sometimes three or four times throughout the whole song. Right, yeah, and they would just break out of that song and go into like a two minute jam, and then that jam would turn into the next song. Mm-hmm. And as far as like on a in like a. Uh, uh, musician basis, like mm-hmm. musician for musician in the band. 
I thought you were right when you said the singer killed it last night. He did amazing. He sounded right on cue the whole yeah. concert. And not only Even that, it was hard to really hear him. But he also like changed up the melodies a lot. Oh yeah. So he was singing a lot of the words with like a different cadence or like different notes. That's awesome. Which I love to see because it's. I mean, it's cool if a band can go up there and note for note replicate their songs. But it's also cool when you get a different flair with right, a live. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like it's like the the song is a living, breathing mm-hmm. entity almost. And, and you can just tell he's feeling it too. The guitar player was like super cool. He just seemed like he looked he looked literally like he had just gotten done like cattling up some steer. <laughs> yeah, you know, like rounding up some steer, and that he had been playing guitar just like in his room by himself for like thirteen years, and right. now he's just awesome. <laughs> you know, he looks kind of like. He looks kind of like a mix between like Elvis and John Mayer, but then like with a country outfit. That's you know? really good. That's sp- fucking spot on. You know what dude. I mean? Yeah. So so yeah, he just he had like a really cool demeanor. He, he every once in a while he'd have like the grimace on his face, mm-hmm. and like we were, me and Chase were talking about how you could just tell by like looking at his hands. Sometimes he'd be like stretching over five frets just with all four fingers, you know, from pinky to to pointer, and it was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, individually, every one of those. Um what people the drummer was sick, sick at their instruments dude the drummer the was off. interesting as hell yeah his little like lines yeah. are like just goofy <laughs> as fuck which is like why i like bass plus he looks goofy mm-hmm. it's perfect yeah so the opening i'd say like the opening 30 minutes of the show were the best part of the show i agree um when they first started it was just like song after song that i knew and loved and like they would just play the songs i like do some crazy sick jam right into another song that i liked I couldn't even tell half the time if the jams were orchestrated or not. Like, if they had thought out the jam. Does that, that seems That seems cool. Because they would go through, like, time signature changes as they were jamming, and they would all do it together. Yeah, like, that was nuts. So I didn't know if they were, like, if it was, like, a jam that was, like, a free flow, but they had structure to it. Uh-huh. You know? It, it seemed weird. like that. They probably, like, nodded at each other and yeah. did some crazy shit that yeah. they know about. But, like... Um, and then it got to a point about halfway through the show where they started playing songs I'd never heard. So I guess it's off their older stuff because I hadn't heard probably like four songs in a row. And that kind of took me out of the show for a little bit, you know, yeah. which is no fault to them. Like it's not their fault that I didn't know the songs. Right. But if the review is based on our experience with the show, right. it definitely was a detriment to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings us into like the later half. In the later half, they started to get like picking it up again. And they played a long set, yeah. dude. They were out there for like an hour and a half. Over an hour and a half. Yeah, dude. It was long. It went from 9 till 10.50. Shit. So they played a lot of music. So the last half was mostly mostly uh, new songs, which I like to see. But towards the end, they went off on like this 10-minute jam. and Like a few 10-minute jams. It was great, but it was too much for <laughs> it was me. a little, little bit much. I had nothing to hold on to because like it wasn't anything I knew because they are jamming. And they were going so fast that like I couldn't dance to it. Right. Um, a lot of times you couldn't even make out what what was going on. It exactly, like, like if the the drums started overtaking so much, and it was just like God, I can't even hear it. Yeah, I know. Um, so that kind of like bummed me out, honestly. Yeah. And like the it, on, by the encore, I, the concert was so long, and that last little stint was so intense, and like I was out of energy. Right. I was like I was done. So I mean, and here's another great thing about the concert that we could say like the whole time I was having a blast. Like those songs were easy to move around to and dance to, and like mm-hmm. I was, we were both just like all over the place, like, right? Having a good time. 
And uh, by the end of it, I was like, oh, my God, I can't even stand up anymore. We were very tired. Yeah. So that's the first time you've really even, like, listened to them. Yeah. First time I, you've seen them. I couldn't – I didn't really, like – I don't think I lulled off the same way you did when you heard their old stuff because I had no different – I didn't know right. whether or not it was their old stuff. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought that they jammed a little too much. I think, I think the jamming's cool. And like, yeah, like when you're live, that's definitely something that's like awesome. It's cool to do. But when you get to the point where it's like, people are kind of like waiting for you to do something because you're just jamming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It like, I remember, I remember hearing a review where y'all went and saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers. The whole, the whole like, jam. The jam. second half of like the whole show. Yeah, it sucks. Y'all were pissed. And I was like, I completely understand that. So, yeah. um, but were you, uh, other than that, were you impressed? Like, do you like them more now? I, I, like I said last night, I mean, I think I just, I, I, it's clear that they're very good musicians. Uh-huh. So I just need to, like, go and listen to their stuff individually, like, with headphones on. Yeah. And, like, really make out the melody. Uh, we, had a, we, had a, we had a buddy named Chris that's actually Chase's girlfriend's friend that she used to work with. And uh, he's, like, a... He was like a getting his major in like Masters. organ, and uh, like he was organ and about piano, or organ something. and piano, and he's like trying to get his doctorate or something. So he knows about music, and he he even said he was like I couldn't really make out a whole lot of melodies in a lot of the songs, and I, I think I understood what he was saying because um, you know they'd have these kind of you know maybe sixteen to to twenty four measures of doing something, and they would change and transition to something else and the transition was perfect there weren't any flaws or anything but i think that the difference between before and after of those two phrases were so different that it was almost like you don't even know where the song is anymore you yeah know? so that i think that was that was the one thing that like musically i took or i took uh against it oh shit and um but i want to listen to them just kind of on their own album version stuff uh, so yeah, I, I was gonna really say, like out. in the songs, they do have like really quick, jarring um, changes. Mm-hmm. But since it's like an actual song, yeah, it only happens like one or two times, and right. like, you kind of know what's going on. And that's yeah. honestly one of the biggest reasons why I like them. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and put a number on mine, with the fact that they played almost every song I wanted to hear, including my absolute favorite song, and like just the energy that they were bringing. And even though like I lulled off in the beginning, and like. All of basically the only complaint I have stems from just the way that they did their set. Yeah, how they set. The it wasn't list up. like them at all. Like they were on cue, just murdering it up there, right. playing all my favorite stuff. It was just a long set, and I got a little tired of listening to the high energy stuff for so long. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna say like I'm gonna give them an eight point five. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give it an eight. You do an eight. Uh, I think that I think you're right in saying that they were all on cue. It wasn't like they messed up or anything. I think all their songs sounded pretty cool. They, I liked the high upbeat stuff for the most part. I think that the points deducted came from the long ass jam sessions. Yep. And uh, and yeah, I guess I guess just like uh, if I could, because we were honestly in like prime spot to be able to hear like everything. Yeah. Like where we were was like where you should be able to hear everything, yep. and I felt like. There would be certain parts where, like, like, a, like very important things would get drowned. Did you out notice sometimes. how bad some of the feedback got a couple times at the very end? Yeah, at the well, very I think end. That, that was almost kind of like stylistic design. Like, I don't think that the feedback necessarily was, but like, if you saw the the lead singer at the very end, he was literally like, like 
tuning, tuning up and, stuff, yeah, like yeah. tuning up and down all that stuff. So I think he wanted it to sound hectic. Well, well I just remember chaotic. at one point, like when it went on for like a couple seconds, the guitarist was like literally wincing because yeah. he knew he was like shit, yeah. you know, that which sucks. sucks. But so eight, eight point five. Both of us think it's a great concert. We had a fucking blast last mm-hmm. night. Move, honestly, the best part was just like hearing my favorite songs and just like dancing around like a buffoon. You <laughs> yeah, know? as always. Yeah, as that's always. A, that's what we do. All right, dude. Half time this beer. Okay. Yeah. Half time report. Forgot to do that. Forget. We did it right now. Um. So. Um. It's honestly, I feel like it's kind of. It's. It is what I wanted it to be. Yeah. It's opened up a, like the tiniest bit. A little bit. It's opened up the door. I think that it's if it's, so if it's, drinkable, if it's dude. sweeter, it's like the slightest bit sweeter. Like I can't even tell. Um, I'm already like kind of feeling it a little bit yep. because it's high alcoholic content. Yep. It's still very light. It's still very smooth. It's still very drinkable. Yep. So it's boom. like, dude, it smells super good. It almost smells like a Hefeweizen. But tastes like a like you know, like a little hint of malt, a little bit of citrus, super clean finish, goes down easy, and then packs a punch. Yeah. Like, this beer's awesome. Yeah. You I know? Really like <laughs> I'm digging it, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, so I guess that brings us to our last segment. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Get to Know Your Banners. Oh. Hey, my name is... <laughs> hey. Oh, no, you, no, you no, go no, first. My bad. What, what's your favorite... Is... Um, I'm Wait, sorry, you what think... was that? Get to know your banners. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a question in mind? Uh, do you? Not right now. I can come up with one. Okay. I guess. Do so. you have one? I don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that the the one I was going to use is um. So for 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 my question that I'm bringing to the table. Is, okay. Which we both have to answer. Yes. It's who are your top three hottest celebrities on your list? Dude, why do you got to do this to me? It's really hard. It's I mean, impossible. It's, it's very difficult. <laughs> you know what the worst? You know what the worst part of this is? Is what? like I can give my top three hottest dude celebrities. <laughs> Way easier than I can I wouldn't go give. spouting that off. I've got to say it, <laughs> man. Nilly. Way easier than I can do my chicks. It's the worst. Because here's, here's the crossroads that I'm at, all right? You've got just like drop dead, you just ooze sex appeal mm-hmm. celebrities. Right. And then there's like the classic beauty kind of where it's just like you are a spectacular specimen of human being. Okay, so if we're going to do it like that, let's do this. But they all got to be mixed. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying is I think that I think that we should have like a condition that we put on it. All right. It's like it's like top three women you would want to marry. Well, I don't know their personalities. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying is like your perceived personality. Okay. All right. Because because like, you know. I would never want to marry, like, you know, say, just for a, just for an example, like teenage Britney Spears. Dude, no. But way. at the day, I thought she was like the hottest chick in the world. So that she would have been like one of my top chicks back in the day. But and here's another worst thing is I've got one of I've got an actress who I always think of and I can never remember her name. Really? But like I have her in my head. Do you know what movie she plays in? Yeah, uh, I gotta look it up real quick. Okay. Well, uh, maybe I can try and go with my top three. By the way, you can only have one Victoria's Secret model. I'm not doing any Victoria's. Okay, because I'm gonna do one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, why don't you go ahead then? Okay. Okay. So my number three hottest celebrity that I would want to marry. Okay. Um, 
Let's see. I honestly think that like Kristen Bell is really hot. Do you know who that is? From Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I was going to say, that's a chick. Really? I, I don't think she's top three. Actually, I'm going to change it. I don't think she's top three. No, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change it. Because uh, I was impressed by the fact that she was like also very talented. She's been doing like like Broadway stuff. I don't know. But Mila Kunis is my number three. Ooh, that's okay. great. Mila Kunis is my number three. Fuck, why you got to be her? <laughs> um, so, why is it, so what's the perceived personality here then? I think that she's... Marriage? Well... Dude, come on! You really gonna make me perceive the personalities Dude, of all these chicks? The, you just put that condition on there. But I, it, that's so that you can have a better avenue with, with within which to make your decisions. Because there's different kinds of like attraction. Okay. I think Mila Kunis seems like she would be a marryable chick. Right. Uh, I think number two hottest chick. Well, hold on. Like, why why Mila Kunis number three? What about her? I got her? two other chicks. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, what about her is puts her in the three spot? What's hot about Mila Kunis, dude? What's hot about her? Yeah, what's awesome she about her? She has, like, a vague Middle Eastern just sex appeal. Uh-huh. She's uh, got that ethnic influence. She seems like, she, like, like at, least, at least from the personality that is being perceived, she seems almost like she's, like, uh, she, she's not, like, a super girly, you know, chick where she has to, like, you know, she's not like a Paris Hilton kind of chick. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That. You know, she's like she can do. She's can fend for herself. She she's real with the world. It's fine. So my number two is gonna be. Uh, damn it! Because okay, I put that stipulation on him. Bar Raffaele, <laughs> I think, is gonna be my number two. Who's that? She's a Sports Illustrated model. Uh huh. She's just super fine. I don't even know anything about her personality. You but just you just seen the pics. She just seems awesome, dude. That little Sports Illustrated swimsuit mag on your uh, <laughs> yeah. coffee table. Every time I come over, I'm like, sit down. I'm like, I want to pick that up real well, quick. I'm excited about this. <laughs> yeah. uh, my number one hottest chick. I, she's been my number one for a while. Is Miranda Kerr? Miranda Kerr. She's dating Orlando Bloom. She is a Victoria's Secret model. She is super hot. She has like a Beto she has Beto. like a I think it's maybe Australian accent. Okay. And you uh, like that. You like I saw that her born influence. I saw her at the Oscars, I think, and she just seemed so classy. She's 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 a babe, dude. She's already had a kid and she looks like super So classy super is, hot. Uh, is a good thing on your list. Of course, yeah. Well, Why saying, would classy not be hot? I'm just, I'm just saying in these top lists. There's like that sex appeal sluttiness too. That's why I made my stipulation. Okay, well, because I'm not trying to go with these like you know, hot like street rats. See, I have my number two and number one. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, and I'm trying to think of a number three. All right, it's just freaking. Well, I'm so well because now I'm thinking like, what have I watched recently? Like, when's the last time I saw a chick's image and just been like, oh my god, I would literally. Like put my foot <laughs> up my butt just to you know I would whatever it takes yeah for you know whatever. Well, can I ask? Are, are are number one or number two a singer? Yeah, you know my you know one of them. I know one of them. I yeah. thought that one might be number three. Oh, okay. okay. Well, well, just go ahead and try it. Just put something on it. Mila Kunis is a good one. It's a real good one. You can, you can overlap if you. Like. Oh, I got to my number three, but I gotta look her name up, dude. What's your deal, man? You're blanking today. I know. You know I've my memory's gotten real foggy. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and do a little introduction. Um, this girl is a Formula One test driver. No way. So this girl, like her job is whenever they're doing like I guess additions to the cars or whatever, mm -hmm. she gets to sort of like drive them and test them out and what? give them feedback. No way. 
I gotta look it up. She's a test driver, I think, for for Williams, for Team Williams. <laughs> Her name is Susie Wolf. Okay. okay. Let me. I need to check. I'll this give you out. a picture of this. All right. So Susie Wolf, she's like blonde. Where is she from? I got a. She's from. She's Scottish. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, here I got a picture. This chick sounds Look awesome. Look at that. How do you, what do you think of that? She's blonde. Okay, I she, mean, I don't see top three, but oh come on, dude, she drives F one cars. I mean, but that's that's uh, okay. I mean, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Susie Wolf. <laughs> okay. Number three. Good choice, Chase. Okay. <laughs> number two, I'm gonna give to Katy Perry. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Katy Perry's just like proportions. I think they're amazing. Astound me. It's like you gave an eight-year-old a Skyrim create a character, <laughs> and it was like, I'm going to make the boobs massive, I'm going <laughs> to make the waist, waist this big, and then her butt's going to be 15 times the size of her head. <laughs> Not only that, she's talented. She yeah. seems funny. You know, she's, she seems like a good time. Yeah. You know, Katy Perry hit me up. Yeah. I'm good. You know, you know. She was she was she was arguably one of my top three too. Dude, because every time I see her on like an advertisement and she's wearing like a skin tight dress, I'm like, that's it's, fucking pornographic. That's, yeah, that's you not know? even like, fair. I can't even go about the rest of my day now. Like, I have to release. You have to. Where's the nearest bathroom? <laughs> and then I'm gonna give with your stipulation in mind, because I think I would have done it my reverse my two and one. Okay. The girl who played. Um, what was it? Something Al Ghul in The Dark Knight oh, Rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cobb's uh, wife she, she in Inception. Maul yeah. In Inception. Marion Cotillard. She is, I'm pretty sure. Marion? Marion. Hmm. Anyway, I think this chick has like a real like classic beauty to yeah. her. And sure. she's got like a really fucking cool accent. Mm-hmm. And she just seems kind of like dark and brooding and like mysterious, mysterious, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I love, I think gothic shit's awesome. So. <laughs> That's my number one. I don't dude. think she's gothic. Uh, you got that dark and brooding, dude. What else do you want? <laughs> well, uh, let me ask man. you how much how much time have we gone? We're only forty five minutes. Forty five minutes deep. Okay. Uh, oh, did I even check the mail? What? We, I'll check that in a second. Well, I guess while I'm checking that, I got to come up with a, ch- a question for you then. Yes, for okay. us. For for uns. <laughs> um, fuck! I didn't even prepare. Clearly, this was a. Ad-libbed witty banter. All right, so this one's—it's kind of gross. Okay, but it's just like it's a—it's kind of like a "would you rather" question. Right? Okay, yeah, I was thinking about stuff like that too. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for this? Mm, yeah. Would you rather fuck a goat? Oh God! Are we really getting to this? Come on. <laughs> or have the world think that you fucked a goat? <laughs> Uh, so it's either you actually do the deed and keep it to yourself, or literally everyone knows you as the dude who fucked a goat. I would totally rather just do the deed and keep it to myself. <laughs> you would have sex with a goat? Rather than everyone thinking I had sex with a goat, yeah. <laughs> what do you think like the implications of being the goat fucker would be? Like, <laughs> In the world, dude? You could buy the job opportunities. People, people, people will literally call you like... A spawn of Satan, you know. People are crazy, man. Why? Like, what? Like, where did... it's not that I'm afraid of public perception. It's, it's not that just I'm afraid like... of fucking a goat. It's just like, <laughs> oh, fuck the goat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just public perception. Like, I don't really care for the most part, but like, if if they if the public gets a reason to start like hating hating on you, then haterade runs cold, dude. That's shit. especially after you went balls deep in a goat. Yeah, dude. Or they think you did. Where did like where did that, I guess what trope come about? Like a goat fucker. 
What? Was there like a time in like the medieval ages where like farmers like, regularly had sex with goats and it just like stuck around, you know? There's probably some farmers that couldn't get them. Sex dude. with animals, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it was more just like a, a demoralizing concept than anything. Know, so like here's the thing is you go to bed every night just remembering in your head that that you suppress that shit. That, you say that now. Therapy, dude. Dreams, man, that comes back. The only thing is is like would you rather like I guess yeah? Do, <laughs> does your one voice in your head overrule outweigh a million voices outside of your head? You know, and to me, it totally does. No, it doesn't. I would fuck the goat. I would too. I would fuck the goat. It would be very horrible. But... <laughs> <It> would... <laughs> Have you ever okay. had sex with a We're goat? We're just starting to get into weird man's <laughs> land right now. <laughs> I can't believe that was your question. Hey, that's all I had. Now man. everyone knows our goat fucking preferences. <laughs> yeah, well, write us in at wittybantershow at gmail.com and let yeah, us know. Yeah, don't make us answer a question like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let us know if you'd rather have sex with a goat or not. <laughs> no, but real talk, um, we didn't have any listener mail this week, which makes uh, us boo. real sad in the pants. We can't yes. even put on the Nick's mail corner thing. Yeah. We would, but... You know, it would be really uh, you can't even uncalled hear, you can't for. can't even hear the buffer. Exactly. Wait, hold on. Let's listen to the mail we have. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, yeah, you guys are was, great. That was pretty solid. Do you want me? I have one more. I have one more kind of. Oh, dude, put it out there. With like another like get to know your banners kind of like just jest. Good. That we could throw out. I would love it. Okay. So if you could name one artist that you feel like was taken away too soon as far as musically. Uh, you feel like they died too early or they stopped making music too early. Uh, which artist do you think would have had the greatest impact after their death? After their death? You mean like if they had kept living and had a full musical career? All right. So I'm instantly thinking of all the people who died super young. Right. You got like Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. um, Kurt Cobain. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Um, the dude from The Doors. Uh, Jim Morrison. Morrison. Jim Morrison. And uh, you got anybody else you want to throw in there? Throw Mo- in that band Mozart. How old was Mozart? I think he was like 28. Okay. Here's why I'm going to say not Mozart. Mozart already blew the pants off the world. I know, but imagine what he could have done. Really, though? (laughs) Really, though? Yes, really. How much different could it sound? He was doing that stuff since like age four, and he had done like – he already had like 20 years under his belt. Imagine when he was 40. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) All right. So then I'm trying to think of like bands who broke up. There was – Creed. <laughs> Shit, man. I can't even begin to tell you how much I cried after that. How much one. that hurt my feelings. Um, and there's also like you even say like Oasis hated each other and they can't tour anymore. Matchbox Twenty. Oh God. <laughs> so as stereotypical as this sounds, like I gotta say Jimi Hendrix probably. Yeah. Just because, dude, like that guy literally created like a new sound. Yeah. And it would have been cool to see him what would develop. You, how would you articulate that sound? Is it like – it's like indulgence in like scrappiness kind of mm-hmm. almost? It's very high – like tons of effects and like wa- like waz. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like he also used a different – like he introduced a lot of I feel like chords almost that weren't like Normally used done. a lot. He's playing on left-handed. Yeah, <laughs> He's playing left-handed on a right-handed guitar or whatever. Exactly, his tone was drastically different because of that on his yeah, guitar. Right. And you know, even like his phrasing, just the way he soloed and all that was 
different, like a breath of fresh air. But um, Plus, did actually, you... what? No, I'm not gonna say. It. I was gonna bring up Robert Johnson, who died when he was 27. But he's already kind of like heralded as like the king of blues, anyway. I'm not gonna say that. How how long did John Bonham live? John Bonham, pretty old. Really? I mean, yeah. Okay. Because I'm just trying. I just. They were awesome. They were awesome. <laughs> Every time I listen to them, I'm just like, fuck you guys. You have it all. You've got fantasy lyrics, metal drums, crazy riffs, and the greatest voice of all time. Yeah. yeah. I think I think if Whitney Houston uh if Whitney Houston would have done what she had done like a few years earlier, then I would put her name in this in this mm-hmm. lot because I, I think she put out her best work before she went downhill. Right. But uh she was just dude. That lady's voice is like it's the most powerful, unreal thing I've ever heard. It's unreal. Yeah, but I think I think I think the I think Jimmy's probably like the number one easiest probably answer. I think Mozart would be a great answer, just because I think that. Yeah, that's the thing is like Jimmy's so easy to say that it almost yeah. Mozart's cool. I didn't know that Jimmy, he died earlier. Yeah, he died when he was like twenty four. From what? Like really early. I mean, there was like in the sixteen, seventeen hundred. Yeah, so, so he, he cut his toe. <laughs> yeah, turned literally, a game really like. <laughs> They amputated his eyes. And, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The other, uh, the only other one I could think of, yeah, would be like Jim Morrison. Cause... well, see, I don't think he would like. Cause you say like have a great, the greatest impact. Right. I feel like he was just like too cool for school, and that's why we love him so much. Yeah, but he made some good music. He dude. did make some good music, but I also think a lot of like the greatness of the Doors comes from the whole band. Like the feeling of it, yeah. Just like you got all the uh, like the organs, amazing. And, yeah. Like his voice is great, yeah. but. His, he largely, time, <laughs> yeah, he largely kind of like sings the same style though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. His voice could have changed up at some point. Can't hurt him for that. I'm not, I'm not hurting him. I'm telling you, such a high voice. <laughs> if you feel like being cool and really helping the show out, <laughs> being a part of history, really. Because we're on our rise to fame right now, mm-hmm. and we want to bring you along there with right. it. Yes. You can write in at wittybantershow at gmail.com, just like no one else did. But if you want to get in touch with the show in other ways, we've also got a Twitter handle, mm-hmm. wittybantershow, at wittybantershow. Yes. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. Yes. And we're also on iTunes, yes. which is the easiest way to get... Our shit. That's all, all the true blues do it. Yeah, exactly. You just go in, type type us in there, you hit subscribe every week. The minute I post the podcast to the internet, it'll download in your inbox. Yeah, I literally listen to it like on the way home after, after we put do it, it on Chase's computer. Exactly. So. so do that on iTunes. You can also follow me at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. And other than that, we're donezo. We're donezo. That's episode 18. Yeah. In the it's in, books. It's in the books. In the bag. All right. We're uh, two away oh. from... What? Yeah, finish up our oh review my God. on the beer, Can dude. you imagine? Yeah. I'm just in a hurry to get out of here. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is, but... So this beer is awesome. Yes. Okay? First of all, the color is amazing. That golden yellow is awesome. It's got, like... It's really carbonated, so it feels, like, light and fresh on your tongue, almost yeah. like a soda. The smell is, like, yeasty and just... Almost weedy, where like you, it almost smells like a Hefeweizen or a Belgian beer would. And then the taste is like it's sugary and sweet. Mm-hmm. And a little of that co- is from like that light malt basis that it's got, and right. which is just super good. Yeah. Like it's, it's barely there, but it's there. It mm-hmm. makes it like a little more complex. You got right. the sugar and the malt. And then like the lasting, 
Um, the last thing it leaves you with is like a citrusy peel, court, sort of like orange or lemon or something. And on top of all of that, it's super smooth going down. It's not too thick. It finishes clean and doesn't linger on your palate. And it's high in alcohol. And like I'm, yeah. you know, like we, we I feel, feel it big yeah. time, and yeah. I'm only like halfway through this thing. I agree. I'm gonna give this beer a fucking nine point five. Give <laughs> it a nine point five. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine point five. Damn! Like geez. I know if I saw this beer anywhere on tap, I'm having it that so night. So this is your favorite beer that we've ever had on the show. Yes. Okay. That's it, man. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the mic. Okay. I'm dropping the mic. Okay, man. Well, uh, for all the reasons that you just said, I th- I just thought that it was really cool how uh, going into it, I didn't expect for it to be as light as it was. Yeah. I kind of just thought it would be heavier naturally. And then tasting it and like realizing that it didn't bear down on you as you were drinking it. And, yeah, I'm like almost but done. But it still affected yeah, even, you. Exactly. You know, and so that's what I want a beer to do. I want it to be light enough for me to drink it and enjoy it, but then like enough alcohol for me to feel it, and that's exactly what this did. And it tasted it tasted nice and sweet and short. So uh, I'm gonna give this an eight point five. Eight point five. It's just I, have I, you given other things a nine on this on this show? Ah, uh, I don't know if I've ever given anything. How was this not an amazing beer? No, it is amazing. Beer. Then that's a this nine. Is, but this is the highest one that I've rated, though. That's the eight point five is the highest you've the, gone. I've only done another one. The one more that was eight point five. Okay, well, I'm I'm no longer the curmudgeon of the show. Then <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Never got over an eight point five. I may have lowballed a few of them, but jeez. <laughs> At least I've gotten into the nine. Okay, nines. okay, 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 okay. Let me give this a nine then. No, don't let my opinion no, 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 yours. No, no, no. You changing it? I'm changing it to a nine. Why are you changing it though? You had to justify. Because all the reasons I didn't have anything bad against it. Yeah. If I can't, if I can't name anything bad against it, should. Because I feel like ten needs to be your new favorite beer ever. Right, and this you is know, not that. And that's not that. But it's, it's a full step down from that. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's a full <laughs> step. My my favorite kinds of beers are still like darker, like heavier kind of beers. Really, even as and, we're getting and, close to the summer. And I yeah, and I like hoppy beers. Well, and then this how, isn't really either of those things. Well, then let me so. ask you this: so if you like the fact that it's not weighing heavy on you, but still affecting you, yes. Then how about like beers that do weigh heavy on you? Well, you know, like uh, for instance, the Left Hand Milk Stout Nitro. Mm-hmm. That's like arguably my favorite beer. And, yeah, it's my favorite beer too. But that is a thicker, heavier, um, full-bodied beer, and this is a much lighter. Like this is very, very, very appropriate for where we are, where we are in the year right now. Like, yeah. Like it's spring, and it's like a great day outside, and this is like perfect for that. So you're saying just because it's perfect for that beer doesn't mean that it has to be your favorite type of beer, right? Yeah. I think that this is like exactly what I want right now, but it does. It's not my favorite beer. Favorite ever. Okay, well, that makes sense. But I'm giving it a nine. All right. I think you gave me a, a, a correct push in the right direction <laughs> to up, upward grade. Yeah, it's a great beer. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. That's Woody Banter number 18. We will see you next week for another episode. We love you. We love you more than you know. Mm-hmm. We love you more than ourselves. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Here in the Fitty Panda Studios, we thank you for listening with your time in the minis.
appreciate much we do for your patients and the rubbing shifts. Isn't that good to tell you people? <laughs> Get in it.